The Jesuits and spiritual directors of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center invite you into prayer. As we begin our prayer time, we pause for a moment, rest our bodies, and sense God's loving gaze upon us. God is here, inviting us to be still and know that I am God. This week, we ask God for the grace to hear again the call of Jesus to come and follow me. It is a call where everything is turned upside down. The poor are the rich. The sick are ennobled. The needs of the other are more sacred than the needs of myself. A reading comes from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any solace in love, any participation in the Spirit, any compassion and mercy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, with the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing. Do nothing out of selfishness or out of vainglory. Rather, Humbly regard others as more important than yourselves, each looking out not for his own interests, but also everyone for those of others. Have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found in human appearance he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This week's contemporary voice is Henry Nouwen. Jesus leaves little doubt that the way he lived is the way he offers to his followers. With great persistence, he points out the downward way. Anyone who wants to be great among you must be your servant, just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. The downward way is the way of the cross. Anyone who does not take his cross and follow in my footsteps is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. Anyone who loses his life for my sake will find it. The disciple 
is the one who follows Jesus on his downward path and thus enters with him into new life. The gospel radically subverts the presuppositions of our upwardly mobile society. It is a jarring and unsettling challenge. Let these words sink into your soul. This week's reflection is by Father Peter Fink. The brief section from Paul's letter to the Philippians is actually a very succinct statement about who Jesus is and an invitation to us on how we should live our Christian life. The statement about Jesus emptying himself is really from an early Jewish Christian hymn that follows the whole human venture of Jesus from his pre-existence in the realm of the divine through his being sent from God to become a human person, Jesus, to his return to his life in God, having been raised and exalted from his death on the cross. I'd like at this time a prayer just to look first at this early hymn and then to explore a little bit on how it is a challenge for us to live our Christian life. As we all know, the New Testament was written after the resurrection. The early believers, not yet called Christian, knew him as a preacher, a healer, one who proclaimed the kingdom of God. Yet in the resurrection, they saw him as something even more. In the language of the Jews, he was the Messiah, the promised one, the one anointed by God. In the language of the Greeks, he was Kyrios, the Lord, the Logos, or Word of God. As their faith slowly evolved, Three questions were most important to them. One, why did he die? Two, what happened in his life that caused him such a tragic end? And finally, where did he come from? Well, for the first, why did he die? We know that all four Gospels tell the story of his betrayal and death in rather lengthy fashion. 
This is something they did not want to forget. As for the second, what happened to him in life that caused his tragic end, well, certainly the word that he spoke, he drew a crowd, his actions, he healed many who were sick, he forgave sins, something only God could do. Increasingly, he became a threat to the leaders of the Jewish people and to the Romans who occupied the land where Jesus lived. But finally, where did he come from? Here there are two different answers or versions. Matthew and Luke tell the familiar Christmas story from the invitation and yes of Mary through the birth in Bethlehem, the flight to Egypt. In other words, the human story of a birth surrounded by the ordinary and sometimes not so ordinary path to a human life. Now John, on the other hand, took a different tack. John traces Jesus back before creation and at the time of creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was this Johannine stance that informs this early Jewish-Christian hymn, though he was in the form of God. Now, the English word form doesn't really capture what this early creed was trying to say. In the form of God makes it sound like a symbol or some kind of a pretense, but the Greek term morphe is trying to say more trying to say he is with God. He is what God is. And the same is true of the form of a slave coming in human likeness. He didn't just assume a human life. He is a human person. And finally, the phrase, he emptied himself. Well, this should not be taken to mean he lowered himself, for that teaches an unfortunate ordering of ourselves before God. You know, we're down here and God is up there and we have to rise, etc., etc. Emptying himself was more an act of detachment. The logos of God did not cling to his divine nature. Rather, he embraced his human nature as the man, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, I love to say that Jesus is what God looks like and acts like when God decides to join us in this human life. Emptying himself is not to make us humans unworthy, but rather to make us worthy in an entirely new way. That's shown in the final part of the hymn. God greatly exalted him. The human life of Jesus, after everything that unfolded from his conception to his death, meets with exaltation, an exaltation that is promised to all who believe in him. That is why the text above is also a challenge to all of us who are called by Jesus to be his companions. 
Exaltation awaits if, again Paul, you do nothing out of selfishness, but regard others as more important than yourself. It is once again the challenge to move away from the claims of the ego, namely seeking honor and riches and success, and to reach out and embrace those beyond yourself who invite care, forgiveness, love. You know, in a more contemporary voice, Father Henry Nguyen says of the says of the challenge, the way Jesus lived is the way he offers to his followers. Jesus did not cling to himself or to his own desires and needs. Rather, he always reached out to others, to challenge, to invite, to heal, to forgive, or simply to befriend. Well, he asks the same of us. If you seek only your needs and desires, sooner or later you will be disappointed and empty. But if you surrender your own needs and desires and take care of the needs and desires of others, or just one other, and do so in imitation of Jesus, you too will find life in abundance. Now he uses the term downward path, where he suggests the journey from the divine to the human, and in the human, the overturning of the way we usually think. Now there's a loss here, a loss of the ego. But that is the way of Jesus. That is the way of the cross. Perhaps downward is not the best image, for Jesus sends us on the path of love, which is more an outward path, for it reaches out to another human person or to God and rejects the curse of staying solely in oneself. Jesus reached out to us humans by daring to become one of us. And in the process, he revealed to us that in being human, there is something of God becoming incarnate in you and in me. So in now in terms, follow the downward path. In my own terms, follow the outward path. Learn the ways of Jesus. But now I must take my leave of the prayer we call contemplatio. Andiato has prepared the next batch, and I pray that God will continue to shed his abundant gifts on all of us, let me close with my favorite prayer, the Magnificat in the Gospel of Luke, where Mary says, He who is mighty has done great things for us, and holy is his name. Well, may God continue to express his holiness in all of us, and especially those who gather for this contemplatio. Blessed be God, blessed be blessings and peace to us all. Speak to God in these final moments about whatever is stirring in your heart. Thank you.
Our prayer is by Pedro Arupe. Teach me your way of looking at people. As you glanced at Peter after his denial, as you penetrated the heart of the rich young man and the hearts of your disciples, I would like to meet you as you really are, since your image changes with those whom you contact. How you impressed your disciples. I would like to hear and be impressed by your manner of speaking, listening, for example, to your discourse in the synagogue in Capernaum, or the Sermon on the Mount, where your audience felt that you taught as one who has authority.